الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقل لعبادي يقولوا التي هي احسن ان الشيطان ينزغ بينهم ان الشيطان كان للانسان عدوا مبينا صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters as we repeatedly remind ourselves that what is our object and purpose for coming to attend the madrasa today again we wish to refresh that lesson and this is something that we will have to continue doing at no time can we be content that we have now sufficiently understood or discussed what is our object of being here this will be a ongoing thing the purpose and the object of attending an institution of this nature is primarily and mainly to become a good muslim a good muslima if we have achieved everything else and we did not achieve this objective then everything has been lost we gained a lot of awards for many subjects that we gained distinctions in we got prizes and whatever else but if we did not achieve the objective of becoming a good muslima the qualities that are required in a muslima then we have achieved nothing all those awards <clears throat> all those prizes all those certificates would mean nothing at all it won't be worth the paper that it is written on and it will not add any value to us so this is what we have to keep focusing on keep reminding ourselves that we have not come for the sake of any kind of academic achievement in itself that is something we will definitely work to our best to try and learn whatever is being taught to us completely but our primary objective our primary focus is on becoming a good muslima on acquiring the qualities that are meant to be in a muslim bringing in the taqwa the fear of allah tabaraka wa taala the aspects of haya modesty and shame in every facet of our life and especially in this time and age i keep raising this issue because it keeps coming up and this is something which again can never ever be over emphasized especially in the times that we are living in the aspect of haya in dressing haya in dressing the type of clothing and garments that we wear is this something that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam will be happy about the azwaj mutahharat will be happy about and unfortunately now this fashion and 
the immoral dressing has already engulfed every facet of a Muslim woman's way of dressing to the extent that even the cloak hasn't been spared. The cloak has become a fashion item and it has also unfortunately what we hear from people has become something that itself is now problematic. Not all obviously, but many are now buying those kind of cloaks and they are asking for those kind of cloaks that are fitting the body which is a total it's totally defeating the very purpose of that cloak whereas that cloak was meant to be a loose outer garment which will completely cover the shape of the body and if it is not completely covering the shape of the body it is not a loose outer garment then don't call it a cloak then call it a some other fashion item call it anything else but it is not the jilbab or the garment that the shariat has asked a woman to wear when she leaves the home this too has become then an indoor garment it's no more an outdoor garment it has totally defeated the purpose then so any case this is again a diversion that keeps coming up because of the way in which this is now just going headlong where the cloak itself has become a means of attracting attention whereas it was meant to be distracting attention can we imagine that what was meant to cover has become an uncovering kind of item there are necklines in cloaks now what is the purpose of that cloak it is totally defeating the purpose we rather change the name also call it something else so in any case this again we went a little bit on the side we are talking about the qualities that need to be in a muslimah whether it is the aspect of taqwa the aspect of haya the aspect of simplicity the aspect of having a clean heart not having any malice for anybody in our hearts not looking down upon anybody thinking good of everybody not harboring any suspicions then treating people well whoever it may be whether it is our colleagues in class our fellow students whether it is somebody in our class somebody in a class lower than us whether it is our servants at home somebody in our employ how do we treat them many a times let alone uh, the elders of the home but sometimes even the children of the home as children of the home we don't treat those who are working in that home properly whereas it doesn't even give license to the mother of the house or the grandmother of the house to treat that servant in a bad way or to speak to that servant in a bad way to speak harshly to that servant and sometimes we think well we are paying them so if we are paying them that doesn't make it anything different they are doing a job they are earning a salary for the work they are doing and they are entitled to that salary let alone for the menial housework 
if they were if somebody is doing some dini work also and if that person is receiving a salary that person is entitled to it that doesn't change that person's status in any way it doesn't make that person any lower than somebody else who might not be taking a salary so if this is the case with regards to deen that even in that situation you cannot it doesn't change a person's status that person is what is earning is totally halal for that person and that person is uh, totally entitled to it then a person who is working from morning to evening doing all kinds of other work and slogging that doesn't give us any license now to treat that person differently so unfortunately as children sometimes in the home we treat the servant in a bad way talk to that servant harshly whereas it doesn't even give license to our mothers or to our grandmothers or any other elder sister or anybody else to talk in a bad way to that or harsh way to that person that's working for us or anybody in our employ for that matter these are all the servants of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala and if that person doesn't have iman then too that person has to be treated with dignity we cannot talk in just any way to the person now these are all the qualities that are supposed to be in every Muslim that we don't look down upon anyone unfortunately sometimes maybe that servant working for us or some colleague working with us or studying with us might be somebody from uh, a poor background maybe somebody from a different culture might be somebody from a different race group somebody from a different color group but these things mean nothing in the sight of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala in the sight of Allah ta'ala inna akramakum indallahi atqakum that the one who is most respectable in the sight of Allah ta'ala is the one who has the greatest taqwa sometimes we might be flashing with some wealth maybe with better looks maybe with more better clothing and we might be apparently from some better family background but if we are looking down upon somebody else then our heart is filled with such filth our heart is filled with such dirt that it has totally dropped us in the sight of Allah Taala. once one of the azwaj mutahharat of Nabi Wasallam, one of his wives she merely, now this was a learning period, they were all learning, and Nabi Islam taught them. So one of the wives, she merely made an indication with her hand about one of the other wives. So one of the wives of Nabi Islam made an indication with the hand about another, another wife, indicating that she's a little short. But this was done in a manner that was not appropriate. One is just for the purposes of identification. But the other is in a way that's sort of uh, mocking the person. Nabi Salaam said to her that you did such a thing that if the effects of this had to be mixed into the waters of the oceans, now there's more water than land. And if you stand at the seashore, you can just see water and water and sometimes it is kilometers deep. At some point it is 30-40 kilometers deep. 
Imagine what a mass of water. Nabi Sallallahu said to her, if you had to mix the effects of the statement of yours into the oceans of into the oceans of the world, it will make all the water bitter. Now, in other words, it has such a terrible effect. So, what it will do to the heart of a person who has these kind of thoughts, these kind of things in their heart and mind, that they're looking up, down upon somebody because of the person's background, family background, or because of the person's color, or because of the person's language, or because of the person's culture that he came from, from some other part of the world. Obviously, our culture is Islam. In that sense, everybody is the same. But because of a person's family background, etc., these are things that they are, there is no place for this in deen. There is no place for this in Islam. And a person who has this in their heart, they have terrible pride. And this is a terrible disease. Now this just is coming up, by the way, we were talking about qualities that a Muslim should have in his heart. So the Muslim should have this respect for everybody. But unfortunately, these things come up from time to time, in general, out in the public. So this is just something that we are sharing with you. That as students of deen, alhamdulillah, you know better. You would not be getting involved in these kind of things. But it is your duty now to also, in a nice way, in a good way, to teach this lesson out to others also. That we are to be talking to everybody with respect. Our servants, whether they are elder than us, whether they are younger than us, we are to be talking to them with respect. Sometimes, any worker for that matter, there might be some lapses, there might be some things that the person didn't do. So it doesn't mean that because we are paying that person a salary at the end of the month, it gives us a license to now deal with the person in a harsh way, talk to the person in a rough way. Do you know I'm your boss? Do you know I'm the person in authority here? These things should never ever cross our mind. That I am employing you, you're doing just my, you're my servant, just washing my house, so I can talk to you anyhow. Never. This is never the way of a mu'min. Nabi Wasallam, despite having the highest authority, despite having the highest amount of honor and dignity, and despite being the most, the greatest personality ever, but he dealt with everybody with great kindness and compassion. Those who were his, his subordinates in every sense of the word, under him, those who were his total slaves, but how he treated them, how he worked with them, that Hazrat Zaid is now being offered that you can become a free person and go and go back and live with your own father and your uncle, they have come to fetch you. The long story that we have read many times in Fazail Amal about Hazrat Zaid he was a slave and then he was a slave of Hazrat Khadija and she had gifted him to Nabi Wasallam. And now, after a long time, his father and uncle came to know that this is where... Some people had captured him, then they sold him on, and he got sold on. This is how things happened in that time. So now they come, they hear that he is in Makkah Mukarram, in uh, Medina Munawwara, and they come to inquire, and they... Uh, in Makkah Sharif at that time, and they come to now buy him off. And Nabi Islam says that this is his option. If he wants to go along for free, he can go. I will not hold him back. I won't even charge one cent for him. He is free. 
But if he says he doesn't want to go, then I will keep him with me. Now there's a young boy, on the one side is his master, he's a slave. It is his master. On the other side, it is his father, his own father, his uncle. They have come all the way with so much of money to now give in return for him and take him as a free person. And he also naturally has a love for them. But he says, I will not leave Nabi Wasallam for anything. He is prepared to remain a slave, but he is not prepared to leave Nabi Wasallam. This shows us that with what kindness, what compassion, what mercy, what good manner, Nabi Wasallam dealt with his complete slave. That that slave is now saying, I am prepared to sacrifice my own father, I am prepared to sacrifice my uncle, but I am not prepared to sacrifice Rasulullah sallallahu Now this was as a result of how he dealt with him. Now this gives us a lesson, how do we deal with our servants? Everybody makes mistakes, but how do we deal with them? And one is our mothers maybe, our elder sisters, others in the house, our grandmother. We are often younger than those servants in our homes. How do we deal with them? As we mentioned repeat earlier, it doesn't even give license to our mothers and they may be paying the salary. It doesn't give them one bit of license to be harsh. If there's a mistake, you'll explain this is wrong. This is not supposed to be done in that manner. It's supposed to be done in this way. But to be harsh, to burden a person more, with more work than is reasonable, to make life difficult for the person, not to be considerate, all these things don't fit in in any way with the character of a Muslim. So, these are lessons we got to go back home and teach in a nice way. And especially from our side, we got to make sure our hearts are completely clean regarding everybody. And especially every Muslim, we then don't make any dis- differentiation and distinction in who the person is, in terms of what the person's language is, or what the person's race is what the person's color is, what the person's uh, position in terms of society is, whether the person is rich or poor, we give every Muslim the highest respect. And we regard ourselves as lower than every Muslim. And not just we think within ourselves, our actions must also speak that. That I definitely regard myself as lower. I don't regard anybody else as lower than me. I am lower. That person is a poor person maybe. That person comes from a different part of the world. That person might be of a different color. That person might be of a different language. But I am still lower. I am not better than that person in any way. That person is better than me. Until we don't have this feeling in our hearts and we don't live this with our actions then we must be 100% sure about ourselves. We can write it down ourselves. I have pride in me. Write it down in bold letters. I am filled with pride. And I must clear, clean my heart out of this pride. Because this pride is an atom bomb. Allah's Nabi Wasallam has stated that that person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed, you can't even see that mustard seed very easily. It's so small and so tiny. And if a mustard seed falls away on the ground or something, it will be hard to find it, to look for it. So small, if somebody has pride to the extent of a mustard seed, such a person cannot enter Jannat. First that person will have to go 
through the cleaning process of Jahannam, Allah Ta'ala save us, where the fire of Jahannam will burn out this effect of that pride. Then because of the person's Iman, that person will go into Jannat later. So this is how serious it is. And if we don't regard ourselves as lower than everybody else, then we must write it down ourselves. We can be sure about it. That I am filled with pride. Write it down. In our notebook somewhere. And then the, obviously just writing that, that's the diagnosis only. The doctor says that you got this sickness, this disease. That is only half the job. Now the remedy has to be also... So now the next line we will write, I must find the solution to this pride. I must find the remedy to this pride. How am I going to find it? I will have to now discuss with my muallimas, find out from them, how do I get this pride out of my heart? How do I clean myself out of this malady? And we don't clean it out today, then we will be in major problems tomorrow. Today also and tomorrow also. Today and tomorrow meaning... Presently, while we are studying, we'll, we'll keep falling into problems. It will destroy all the benefit of the ilm that we get, because pride is such a terrible disease. And it will also create major problems for us future in life. In our future life, one day we will get married, we will be living with others, we will be living in somebody else's home, we will have to interact with others. A person who has pride will keep falling into problems. Because we will not be able to respect anybody. We will not be able to suppress our feelings because of pride. Anybody says the slightest thing to us, it will be as if that person has snatched away everything from us. Because we feel so much about ourselves. So now we feel that I have now been let down. Somebody has put me down. I got to put myself up again. How am I going to put myself up? By now blurting out things. By accusing others. By finding fault with others. Now I'm going to put myself up now. You told me one thing, I'll tell you two things. Somebody said something to me that you are uh, a miserly person, for example. I'll say, you are miserly, your father is miserly, your grandfather is miserly, and your great-grandfather was a makki choose. Now that person said something, now in order to elevate myself, this I think now I'm elevating myself, I'm making myself big, that I now spoke ill of that person's whole lineage. Now, I created such a major guna for myself. All these people on the day of Qiyamah will come to now demand from me. This person called me miserly. I called his father and his, great, his grandfather and great-grandfather. All those people now will come on the day of Qiyamah. And their great-grandfather might have even passed away. I can't even ask him for maaf. Now they'll come on the day of Qiyamah and demand. Where's our payment back? Now all this is the the stems from the fact that we did not realize what our object is. We thought we came to Madrasa just to pass time, just to get marks in the examination, just to be able to say that, well, I did this kitab and that kitab and I went through this course and now I graduated and qualified, or maybe because there was nothing else for me to do. So this is a major then, a major disaster that we are bringing upon ourselves. We have to Focus on what our object is. We have come to the madrasa, we have come to learn. We have come to learn what? We have come to learn deen. And what is deen? Learning deen means making ourselves good Muslims. Learning how to speak. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Say to my servants, imagine what 
love Allah Ta'ala is displaying for his servants. Allah Ta'ala is saying, say to my servants, they are mine, they belong to me. Like how a person out of great love for something says, this is mine. Allah Ta'ala is saying, say to my servants, يَقُولُ أَحْسَن They should speak that which is the best. They shouldn't just speak and blurt out anything. Speak that which will bring happiness to the heart of our fellow Muslims. Will bring happiness to our parents' hearts. Will bring happiness to our muallimah's hearts. Will bring happiness to the hearts of our friends, those who are studying with us. But we have unfortunately that habit that we will keep saying things that will hurt other people's feelings. Now the Quran Sharif is telling us one thing and our action is something far away from that. We will always be looking out for things to hurt somebody else. We will not be prepared to take some pain on ourselves. We will just be blurting out anything. So this is far from what a Muslimah has in her heart and her life. And if we haven't learned and if we don't learn this basic lesson, then what else are we going to learn? That we become that kind of Muslim that does not hurt anybody else. We don't hurt anybody physically. We don't hurt them in terms of their property and ownership. We don't take somebody else's thing away. We don't misuse somebody's items. And we don't hurt people's feelings. One is that somebody has done something wrong and now the parent has to reprimand that person. The muallima has to reprimand that student. Now this is not hurting somebody's feelings. This is teaching somebody. In the process that person feels upset, in the process that person sometimes feels that you hurt my feelings, then that person misunderstood the whole thing. It is like a person who is sick. Now the doctor says, I'm going to have to give you an injection. He says, you've got no mercy? You're going to give me an injection? It's going to be so painful? You are so cruel? So the doctor will say that to be kind to you, I'm going to have to give you this injection. But now this is for the doctor. But now a person who is not qualified as a doctor and he says, no, I'm going to also start giving injections. They will lock this person up and throw the keys away because you are a danger to society. So everybody is not a doctor. So the muallima, the parents, they will reprimand somebody. The elders, they will reprimand somebody. If it is something that's requiring attention, somebody has to be guided, somebody has to be taught, but now we say that we are also doctors. So any person did something, any friend did something, we don't know what are the limits. We don't know what is. So we will not get involved in starting to reprimand others in any way. Yes, in a nice way, in a very friendly way, we will advise our friends. In a very friendly way, in a good way, we will advise our friends. Otherwise, we will report it to the Mualima that this is the issue, this is the situation. They will take it from there. But the lesson we got to learn is that we speak correctly. We don't give anybody any taklif in the manner that we speak. That our words must show humility. Whether we are speaking to somebody who is our superior, whether we are speaking to somebody who is our junior, whether we are speaking to the servant working for us. We may be paying that person, doesn't matter, that doesn't change the position. The way we speak to the person must be there must be humility in every word and sometimes that servant did something wrong that servant needs to be 
guided, needs to be corrected, that will be corrected. Sometimes it needs firmness, that look, this is not on, this is not allowed, we will be firm, but we will be humble. We will be firm, but we will not be harsh. We will be firm in the sense that we will not allow the principles to be compromised. But, harshness is something else. Speaking in an abrupt manner is something else. Speaking in a rude way is something else. Trying to show that I am somebody is something else. That is not acceptable in any way. With humility, with dignity, we will deal with everybody else. And we will never ever make these distinctions on the basis of uh, wealth or on the basis of color, on the basis of language, on the basis of somebody being uh, on, on whatever other issues they may be. The only thing that elevates somebody upon the next person, higher than the next person, is deen, is taqwa. And nobody knows who has more taqwa than the next. Nobody knows what is going to be the end result. Till we don't know the end result, where we are and where somebody else is, we can't regard ourselves as better than anybody. So therefore we have to regard ourselves as the lowest of every Muslim, and regard every Muslim with honor and respect and dignity, and treat them in a good way, treat them with kindness, treat them with honor and respect, and regard themselves as better than us. Otherwise, this is going to be the way in which shaitan will create problems. Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the very same ayat, Say to my servants to speak in the best way, whoever they are speaking to, and whatever they are speaking about. In fact, this ayat, ayat in the tafsirs of this ayat, what is being explained is, that if a disbeliever, a disbeliever has said something wrong, has said something which is hurtful, then in reply, you don't speak in that manner. You speak in a good way. Hazrat Umar radiallahu an, on one occasion, some disbeliever, some kafir, swore at him. So Hazrat Umar radiallahu also replied in a harsh manner. He replied in a somewhat strong way. Upon that, this ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed. That don't even retaliate with the kuffar in a harsh way. In terms of words. Where there is a need for any physical action that will be taken. That the imam of the time will decide about that. But merely talking harsh words, that's not going to change anything. So don't talk harshly. Rather you speak in a kind way. Now imagine if a disbeliever has to be spoken to without harshness. Now what about a believer? What about a person who is close to us? Is a family member. Sometimes we don't even talk correctly to our own parents. We talk harshly to our parents. We talk harshly to our elders. We talk in a proud way with our muallima. We talk sometimes harsh words to our muallima. We try to show we are one better. Then we rather just decide to do something else in life then. Because we will destroy everything we are learning and we will destroy our future as well. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from that. So rather we follow what Allah Ta'ala is saying. 
ان الشيطان ينزغ بينهم ان الشيطان كان للانسان عدوا مبينا الله تعالى says shaitan will create fasad and create corruption between them as a result of their words how something was said how it was expressed that expression sometimes the correct thing is said but the manner in which it was expressed will create fitna and fasad the manner in which it is expressed will create problems the manner in which it is expressed will then create fights in homes between family members between neighbors between uh, the society in general sometimes something was said is correct but how it is said the one of the most misleading statements people make is straight talk breaks no friendship whereas all the time we see how straight talk breaks friendships people say straight talk breaks no friendship what a fallacy that is so we will talk what is straight but then we don't talk it in the correct way straight talk must be in the sense that we talk the truth but sometimes the truth is worse than the lie the truth sometimes is worse than the lie for example if we overheard somebody speaking about another person and saying some negative things now that person we go and relate that truth it's true now for example some girl spoke something about a third person so now we don't take any names as examples also it might just be somebody's name we taking by chance just as an example so we just say the first person now spoke about the third person now we are in between so we went and related to the third person so and so said this about you now what we said is true but that truth is ghibat and that ghibat is worse than even adultery la hawla wala quwwata illa billah what a terrible sin what a terrible sin and now we passed that truth on we became so low in the sight of allah taala so allah taala is saying in the quran sharif that you say what is good and say it in a good way otherwise shaitan will misuse this and shaitan will create fitna and fasad as a result of either what was said or either how it was said and as a result great problems will then ensue therefore allah taala is saying inna shaitana yanzagu bainahum inna shaitana kana lil insani aduwwan mubina shaitan was an enemy of this insan from day one so therefore we have to be very alert so the whole discussion was meant to be something else we started off just as a introduction that we need to be focusing on what our objective is and the whole discussion went away in that direction whatever allah taala willed but in any case this is something extremely important that we keep looking within ourselves why did we come here and if we don't know why we came then let us ask somebody let us ask our muallima why should i be here and inshallah they will keep reminding us they will keep telling us that why we are here we are here to learn the qualities of a mu'min of a mu'mina and bring that in our lives we have come to bring the reality of haya in our lives so that our dressing also reflects that haya that we leave the home it will be in a loose outer garment there will be nothing that is 
attached to the body or showing the shape of the body in any way. And all the other aspects of Haya. We will be living with complete humility. Our hearts will be clean regarding everybody. We'll be living in a manner that we regard ourselves as the lowest of all Muslims. We will not look down upon any Muslim. And we will give full respect to every Muslim. And we will talk also in a way that every word is filled with humility. It is filled with respect for the next person. And we will treat even our servants in a correct way. Anybody in our employ in a correct way. And we will not ever allow shaitan to come and create this fitna and fasad and this mischief. These are the things that we have come to learn. As far as the other things are concerned, that is secondary. If we have learned this, we have learned what are the qualities of a Muslimah, we have brought those things in our lives, we have become good Muslims, then even if, even if we have achieved a failure mark in other things, not because we didn't try, but after having tried our best, we still didn't make it. It happens sometimes in some subject. person tried their best, they worked their hardest, but they just didn't make it. But if we have gained these qualities, then we have passed 100%. Then that is a negligible issue. Something we can overlook. That we didn't make it in a certain subject. But we gained the essence, the object, the purpose for what we are in the madrasa. And Allah Ta'ala is going to judge us on this. Allah Ta'ala is not going to ask on the day of Qiyamat, bring all the exam papers here. Allah Ta'ala is not going to ask to see the marks in the exam papers. Allah Ta'ala is going to ask to see what is in our heart. What kind of feelings are in the heart? Is there pride in the heart? Then this is a major disaster. Is there humility? Alhamdulillah. There is haya? Alhamdulillah. There is simplicity? Alhamdulillah. There is taqwa? This is the thing that will really now take a person towards Allah wa ta'ala and earn the high stages of Jannat and all the other qualities of Iman. So this is what we have to repeatedly remind ourselves about. Inshallah the Muallimahs will remind us about it and we have to sit and think about it. One is we are told about it, we listen to it, but the thing we don't do often is to sit down and think about it. Inshallah, this too is part of the tarbiyat that will be ongoing in the madrasa. From time to time the Muallimahs will sometimes tell us something, whether it is about haya, whether it is about pride, whether it is about some other aspect, they will stop for a minute or two for, and they will tell everybody to now sit and ponder deeply within your heart about where do you fit in with this quality. Haya is such an important thing. Are you fitting in? To sit down and just now think within yourself. Is there haya in my words? Is there haya in my eyes? Am I looking at all immoral things? Is there haya in my ears? Am I listening to haram? Is there haya in my dressing? Am I wearing things that are showing out the shape of the body? Or have I made the cloak also a fashion item? To sit down and think, ponder about it. And this pondering, this will be part of our training. This is supposed to become part of our life. So, the Muallimahs will bring this to up to us from time to time. They will explain certain things to us. They will tell us then to now stop, keep quiet, clear the mind and heart of everything else. And now just sit and think for a minute or two about this issue. And they will guide us in which way to think about it as we discuss now. Is the haya in my tongue? Is the haya in my eyes? 
Is there haya in my ears? Is there haya in my clothing? Is there haya in my heart? Am I making haya from Allah wa ta'ala? One person asked about, if I stay uncovered when I'm in privacy, Nabi Islam said, Allah Ta'ala deserves haya also. Allah Ta'ala deserves that you be observing haya. So now, I might be alone in my own room, but how am I dressed? Is it an immoral kind of dressing? Can I appear in front of my father in that dressing? If not, then why should I be in front of Allah Ta'ala in that dressing? So, these are things that we need to ponder about. We need to think about it. And this will move us forward in deen and it will give us the great barakat in everything in this world. We'll really enjoy the blessings of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala in this dunya also and in the everlasting life of the hereafter as well. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil adameen. Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnita ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العاز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين